All right, we are thankful you joined us this evening on our church podcast and just grateful for another day in the Lord. We're so thankful for the opportunity God gives us to get up each and every day, even during the oddest times in life and the craziest things that happen. God still blesses us and provides for us, and we're grateful and thankful for that. And specifically this evening, we're thankful for a good friend of mine that's uh, come uh, to us and is going to be preaching a message for us for our midweek Bible study, and uh, that's Drew Rogers. And we're so grateful for him and the friend that he's been to us. Um, we've known each other for probably 12 years, <laughs> somewhere, a long time. We've known each other forever. Um, both of our grandfathers have been in the ministry locally for years, and so uh, we've got good uh, backgrounds and, and good family history, and we're so appreciative for uh, for our families and what they've uh, done and stood for in the community, and um, specifically uh, thankful for um, Drew's friendship and uh, through so many different things in our life, he's been a friend to us. And uh, as I've been through some of the harder times in life, he's been there. So I appreciate that and uh, just excited about the word God's put on his heart. Amen. Well, it sure is a blessing um, just to be able to preach. Uh, anytime that, that God has just opened doors, um, he's opened doors for, for me for the past few years to preach, and I'm thankful for each one that he, that he has done. Um, thankful for that. I just want to be a blessing today, if I possibly can, to each of you that will listen to this. Um, just a word of encouragement in these times that we're living in. This is uh, some times that many people have not lived in before and um, people or there's a lot of uncertainty going on there's a lot of questions that people are wanting answers to but can I say that God knows every problem he knows everything that's going on yeah. and he knows how to fix every issue that's going on as well and I praise God for that today but in in the book of Luke in chapter number 24 is where I want to bring my text um, just a few verses of scripture and a thought that the Lord had burdened my heart with that a lot of people are going through different things in this time, and you wonder, where's God at? Why is God doing, why, why are God's people going through all these things? Why is the world going through everything that it's going through? And we ask that question a lot of times, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, people are anxious. People are discouraged. People are trying to find answers. But I want to preach on this thought for just a few minutes, if the Lord would help me, and I believe he will, that comfort comes in the crisis, that comfort can still come in the crisis. In Luke chapter number 24, begin reading in verse 13, the Bible says, And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, and answering, answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, hast not known, hast, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he, and he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests of our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been him, that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside this, to the day is the third day since these things were done. 
Let's pray. God, our Father, as we come to you today, Lord, we're thankful and grateful for this time, Lord, that we've gathered together, God, just to open God's Word today. Lord, we're thankful for this opportunity. It is that every time we open the bread of life, God, that you can speak to us through your Word, God, that you can comfort us, Lord, that you can give us understanding, God, that you can give us knowledge that we can grow and we can become better Christians through your Word today. Lord, we're thankful that we can meet God in a place we know we don't have to have a church to meet with God, but we know that if two or three are gathered together in thy name, Lord, that you said you would be in the midst of us. God, I ask you to help each one that's listening to this broadcast. Lord, if there's one without Christ that does not know you as their personal Savior, God, I ask you to speak conviction to their heart, Lord, that today might be the day of salvation for them. God, those that have drifted away from the faith, Lord, those that are discouraged, God, those that are anxious today, Lord, that you would encourage them. God, give them that comfort and that peace that passeth all understanding, Lord, that only you can give. God, we know you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Lord, as we, breathe, as we look through these verses, God, would you encourage our hearts? Would you give us something that we stand in need of to get through these days before you come back? We're going to thank you, God, and we're going to praise you for what you do. We ask these things in the sweet and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We see that uh, if you look at America today, of course, America is in a crisis. Um, people don't know what's happening. People don't know what to do. We know that jobs have been lost. We know that uh, businesses have been shut down. We see where people have been put on unemployment. We see where um, people are losing their jobs. We see cities are being closed down. People are not able to travel from country to country. People are not able to travel from state to state. The world is on a shutdown, and there's a problem going on. But that's not the only problem in this day in which we live. There's also a sin problem that's still rampant, that's still going on today like it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on the, was on the earth. Uh, he was preaching, he was teaching that there's only one way to heaven. It's through the shed blood of Calvary. And he was talking about a problem that not only he needed to fix, not only every person needed in their life, but there was something they were going to go through that one day they'd have to give an account for these things when they stood before the judgment seat of Christ. And we know that uh, health can be taken away, money can be taken away, trips and vacations, all that can be taken away in just a few days. We found that out in this day in which we live, that, it, that all these material things, they can all be taken away for just a few moments. People are having to give up their houses or having to give up all these different things. There's all these material things they can be taken away from us. But I'm glad that there's one thing that cannot be taken away from the child of God. And that is their eternal salvation. That is their place where they can spend eternity with God. Because salvation will never run out. Salvation will never expire. No matter what, the world's, no matter what happens in the world, salvation will still stand. Salvation will still get you home. And I'm thankful for that today. As we look at... Uh, some things that come in this crisis. Number one, uncomfortableness comes in this crisis. When uh, we're in this day in which we live, it's not comfortable to lose your job. It's not comfortable to lose your house. It's not comfortable to uh, have to give up your vacation or give up your um, time spent with others. We can't even go to friends and family's houses because of this virus. Everything that's going on, they're, they're wondering what is going on in this day. But uncomfortableness comes in the crisis. In this day where we pick up in Luke 24, Verse 13, the Bible says, And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. 
but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So these two men, two disciples, they had been walking and they had been talking about everything that happened in Jerusalem. They talked about how Jesus had come, how he had performed miracles, how he had done all these great things and he had healed the blind, he had made the blind to see and the lame to walk. He uh, had raised Lazarus from the dead. All of these things happened. But also Jesus was crucified on the cross. He was brought before a mock trial. He was scourged with the cat of nine tails. All these things that were done to Jesus and yet they still talked about how he hung between heaven and earth bridging the gap and he said on the cross it is finished and he gave up the ghost. They said all these things that were happening. They talked about these things and Jesus comes by the way. He said uh, and he said what manner of communications are these that ye have to one another as ye walk and are sad. Jesus notices some things about these disciples. He doesn't just notice that they're talking about everything that happened, but he noticed, he noticed their demeanor. He noticed that they were sad in the conversations that they were having. They were discouraged. They, were, uh, they thought that Jesus was the Messiah to come and deliver Israel. It says in verse 21, But we trusted that it had been he that should have redeemed Israel. And beside this, today is the third day since these things were done. They said Jesus was, he proclaimed to be the one. He proclaimed to be the deliverer of Israel, to be the Messiah, to deliver God's people. But yet he died on the cross. Yet they laid his body in the ground. We saw them roll the stone over the grave. This is uncomfortable for us. All of our hope is lost. Jesus is dead. He's been in the grave for three days. Life for us can be very comfortable until something unexpected happens. We were just going on fine last year in 2019. Everything was going good. Everybody had their jobs. Churches were open. We had people going to church. We were singing the songs of Zion. And then all of a sudden it takes a one week thing to happen. It takes a one month thing to happen. And what happens? The churches are closed. Businesses are closed. Everybody's uncomfortable and we don't know what to do. What happened? Something came along and it messed up what they had planned. They were sure that Jesus was the one, but after this disaster happened, after this crisis happened, after their Messiah, their deliverer was to come, after he was laid in the grave, they got sad and discouraged. Amen. Not only were they uncomfortable in this crisis, but they were also uncertain in this crisis. They asked themselves this question in verse 18. They said, And then one of them, whose name was Cleophas, Answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? They said, How in the world did this man not know everything that's been going on? I mean, this is big news. Jesus had proclaimed to be the Messiah. He had proclaimed to be the one who'd deliver Israel. He rode into Jerusalem where Passover was being uh, held, where thousands and thousands of people were gathered in Jerusalem. And he rode into that city on, on a donkey, and he rode in there, and they... Uh, laid the palm leaves down at him. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna, come and deliver us. All of this was big news. Then Jesus' crucifixion, it was big news. There was a mock trial before the Sanhedrin council that day. There was a, um, Jesus was laid before the crowd there when he was standing beside Barabbas and Pilate was standing there. He said, every Passover I will release a prisoner unto you. Which shall you have, Jesus or Barabbas? And the crowd cried, Barabbas. And then he asked, what should you have me do with Jesus? And they said, crucify him, crucify him. So as Jesus carried his own cross through the streets of Jerusalem, this was a big deal. It said that he was beaten so badly that his visions was so messed up you couldn't recognize who Jesus was. How did this man not know everything that had been going on? To these men, this was a big deal. They thought the deliverance had come, but yet their deliverance was laying in a grave. Or so they thought. Right. Was everything that he taught the truth? 
They asked that question. He said that he would do all these things. He had raised the lame. Uh, he had made the blind to see and the lame to walk. He had cleansed the deaf ears. He had made those, he turned water into wine. He had done all these miracles and he said all these things that would happen. If you just believe in me, deliverance will come one day. But he died. He said that he would die, but could he really raise his own body from the grave? He did say that he would raise his own body in Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 22. It says, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Jesus had proclaimed himself. He would be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He would be beaten. He would be scourged. He would be turned against his own people and they would receive him not. He said that he would be beaten. He would be slain. He also said that he would raise his body on the third day. But could that really be true? There was a lot of uncertainty going on in this day to these men. They said that his grave is empty. In verse number 22, the Bible says, Yea, and a certain woman also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. Could it be true that he really was alive? In verse 24, And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to, be, to believe all the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? They said that his grave is empty, but what about the other disciples? They could have took the body. They could have hid it somewhere. What happened to the Romans that were guarding the tomb? What happened to the stone that was rolled away? What all of these possibilities could have happened? There was a lot of uncertainty going on. And in this day in which we're living, we don't know when this virus is going to end. They say everything's going good. They say everything's starting to, uh, to peak and it's supposed to come down. It's, but we're flattening the curve is what they're saying. There's a lot of uncertainty going on. You get some information from this crowd and you get di some, some different information from another crowd. And you don't know what to believe. And there's a lot of uncertainty going on in this text that we're reading. And it's the same uncertainty that we're going, on, that we're going through in this day in which we live. What information do we believe? Do we believe what the skeptics say? Or do we believe what the religious crowd says? I'm just going to believe what God says. Because if God says it, that settles it, friend. And if we just trust in Him, He said, I would supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. And I'm thankful for that today. But not only is there uncomfortableness, not only is there uncertainty in the midst of this crisis, there's also joy that comes in the crisis. And I'm thankful for that today. Jesus begins to tell them all, th all of these things that were prophesied. In verse 25, it says, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in, the, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He starts to go back to where Moses was talking about. There would be a deliverer that was supposed to come, that there was a Messiah that was supposed to come and deliver God's children out of uh, bondage. He had told him about all these things. And then uh, he had begun to tell all these things in verse 28. And they drew nigh unto the village whither he went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and tarried with them. As I turn to Isaiah chapter number 52 and verse uh, 14, I want to read this very quickly. It says, He had told about all these things. He had told about the Messiah that was to come. It says that as many were astonished at thee, his vigils was so marred more than any man, and his fourth 
and is formed more than the sons of men. In chapter 53 and verse number 5, the Bible says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. In verse number 7, it says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. As he began to tell these disciples everything that was going to happen to the Son of God, he had talked about all these things, and they would begin to question. They would begin to wonder if he was, and he reassured them, this is what God's Word said. Don't you remember that I said the same thing back in chapter 9, that the Son of God would be presented into the hands of sinful men, that he would be beaten, that he would be scourged, that he would be slain before the foundation of the world, yet he would be raised from the dead by his own power on the third day. He began to tell about all these things that would happen to the Son of Man. He gave them comfort knowing, yes, all these things were going to happen, but I am who I say that I am. Then in verse number 29, in verse number 30, says, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened. And I underline this next few words. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. As they're seeing all these things that are going on, he takes bread and he blessed it and he gave it to them. In verse number 31, and their eyes were open. You say, how were their eyes open? God was the one who had allowed their eyes to open. We say, how do you know that? Back in verse number uh, 16, it says, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. God had shielded their eyes that they could not recognize who Jesus was. For he was just an ordinary man. He was just somebody walking down the road to them. But once he finally took bread and he blessed it and he gave it to them and they ate together and they had talked together about all these things, they realized exactly who he was when God opened their eyes and he vanished out of their sight at that same hour. So they knew exactly who he was, but it didn't finish there. It says, And they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And in verse 32 it says, And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened up to us the scriptures? They begin to say to themselves, they recognize exactly who Jesus was. Once he took the bread and he broke it to them and he had given it to them and they had ate together, they realized, hey, this is the Son of God. This is Jesus who we had followed. We recognize this is who Jesus is. Yes, we might be in a crisis. We might be uncomfortable. We might have questioned just a few verses ago. We might have been uncertain. We might not have been sure if he is who he really says that he is. But I'm glad that when God blessed it and he gave it to them, God opened up their eyes and they found out who Jesus was and he gave them a fire that burned down in their hearts that they wanted to tell somebody. They had met Jesus. They had recognized who he was. Yes, the myths were true. Yes, the grave was empty. Yes, the stone was rolled away. Yes, everything that he was who he says he is. He promised he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He promised that he would be rejected by his own. He promised that he would lay down his life, that he would be slain. But yes, he actually rose from the grave. Yes, actually the stone was rolled away. And I'm thankful today that I serve a risen Savior. It might be uncomfortable in this day which you live, child of 
of God. You might have some uncertainty going on in your life, but the same God who were the same with the disciples in the midst of the storm when Jesus rose up to the bottom of that boat and he said, peace be still. He's the same God that rescued the three Hebrew children into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. He was the same God that met with Daniel in the lion's den. He was the same God while Paul and Silas were in the prison. They were in a crisis. They were being imprisoned because they preached the word of God that he was the Messiah to come and deliver God's people. He was the same God that delivered them in the midnight hour when they began to praise God. They began to sing praises before him and God shaking that place and the chains of them were fell off and the, and the prison doors of that prison swung open and they walked away. Why? Because God delivered them and if God could do it back there, he said I am the same yesterday, today and forever. He changeth not. The world may change. Churches may change. Everything might change but I can tell you one thing that will never change. It's that God is consistent and God is the same and he said I will take care of you and I will give you that joy. And once they found out who Jesus was, they had a fire burning down in their hearts that would never go away. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the other eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was none of them, and he was known of them in breaking of bread. And they thus spoke, and they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. I began to read and I began to study about what to preach. And I had come up with this title, Comfort Comes in the Crisis. But I Google what that word crisis meant. I wanted to find out just what the definition of that word was. It says a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. But I found there was another definition that I really liked. And I want to hit on before I finish. I'm about done. It says a crisis is a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. We're living in a day where there is an important decision that each person has to be made. We're either going to trust God in the midst of this crisis and we're going to believe what God said or we're going to just say, you know what? I don't know what God's trying to do. I don't know where God's trying to lead me down this path. God will never lead a child of God down this place. He would never, he would never do this to a child of God. He said, I will lead you through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But he also said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He did not exempt the three Hebrew children from the fire, but he met with them in the midst of the fire that they were in. He never left the disciples out of the storm that they were at on the sea, but Jesus was in the same boat with the disciples in the midst of that storm. Everything that Jesus has went through, he has went through so he could relate to you and I in this day in which we live. He knows what it's like to be discouraged. He was by himself hanging on the cross when his own father had turned against him. God cannot even look upon his son between the sixth and the ninth hour. There was total darkness upon the face of the earth. Why? Because God had turned him back his back on his own son what a picture that you see of even the separation from Jesus and his father his own father cannot look up 
upon him. The same two that were there before the foundations of the world were even made. They were standing there and they were totally separated because God could not look upon sin. Every sin that every sin that you and I have ever committed was laid on Jesus' back. With every stripe that he took with the cat and nine tails, it was a stripe of sin that you and I have committed. And it was everything that he went through, he went through because he loved you and he loved me so much. And in the midst of this crisis, these disciples found joy because God reassured them of who he is after God had opened their eyes. It was not the disciples' own doing that their eyes were opened. If it would have been so, that they would have realized who Jesus was before he had ever talked about all the things that he prophesied. But God held them from these things. God's not going to let us see the big picture of what's going on in this crisis. He, cannot, he will not let us see everything that's supposed to go on. He just lets us see our perspective on everything that's going on. But he did say, I will protect you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will give you peace that passeth all understanding. He did say, I am a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He did say, I will be there when nobody else will. I can reassure you tonight, it might be dark, it might be uncomfortable, it might be uncertain. But for the child of God, there can be joy in the midst of your crisis. If only if you have Jesus. Because if you're not living with the Lord, if you don't have Christ living on the inside, then you can't have that peace that passeth all understanding. But for the child of God, you have the still small voice living on the inside. You have the one that can speak to you when... Nobody else can make any sense out of it. God can speak to you that way that nobody else can. As we're here, we're just listening. If you're here listening and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, He said, Behold, today is the day of salvation. In the midst of this crisis, I'd find Jesus wherever He's at. I've come to have a better, I've come to have more of a desire to go to church because of this virus, because of this crisis that's been going on. We haven't been to church in over a month. The last time the church doors were open. I'm desiring to go back to the house of God. To meet with the people of God. To be able to fellowship together with brothers and sisters in Christ. To worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. I have that desire. I have that burning in my heart. And when Jesus reveals that to you. He will give that burning desire. He will put the fire that's down in your bones. That cannot be shut up. But only through Jesus Christ. Can all of those things be done. But if you're listening today as well, if you're, you are a Christian, you say, Lord, you say, preacher, I need some help. Lord, I, I'm going through this crisis. I'm going through this virus. I'm going through something that's going on in my life, and I'm uncertain about some things. I'm uncomfortable where I'm at. I need some help. I can't help you, but I can lead you to the one who can. I might not have all the answers. I've got, I've got a lot of questions, but I don't have a lot of answers. But I can tell you to the I can tell you about the one who can. His name is Jesus. And he can give you everything that you need whenever you need it. And he said, I will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He can give you what you need today. And as you listen, we hope this has been a blessing to you. At this time, I'll turn it back over to Josh. I'm thankful and grateful for the truth from God's word. And thankful for Drew being willing to come out. And um, it's funny, as... We sit here and have service together. It's uh, interesting. It's different, but it's a blessing all the same. The truth from God's word, as he said, comes 
to us no matter what. We can, uh, we're, we're gathered in a different way, but his truth comes all nonetheless. I wouldn't add or take anything away from what uh, Brother Drew just said, but you know, I think about that and all this crisis we're going through. I think about so many people on their way down the ro- their road to Emmaus. The world's dark, the world's dim, and how that our eyes, many of us Christians, our eyes are 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 shot over. They're they're shut. They're closed by the cloak of fear. They're closed and covered by uh, uncertainty. And uh, I pray that that at some time, and I pray and we'll be done. But I pray that at some time our eyes will be open to what God's trying to do in this situation. We thank you for listening. We want to pray now and uh, pray for each and every one listening. Pray for Brother Drew and his ministry, and pray God will continue to bless us, our country, and every, our world. Really, it's it's a worldwide pandemic. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for yet another time to gather in your house. God, I pray that you would uh, just bless uh, this word as it goes out. God, take that seed, and I pray, God, that it would find good, fallow ground, that it might grow up, and, God, that it might uh, become something in our life to, to open our eyes. God, I pray that you would put this in our hearts. God, I pray that if there's ever time, ever a time, God, that our church needs to be activated, God, that revival needs to come, that truth needs to grow out of a situation, it's right now. We need it for the next generation. God, we need it for those that walk today that don't know you. We need it for Christians that are on the way uh, down the road and things look dreary and dim. God, those that need assurance that you are still on your throne. God, I pray that you would just uh, lighten in our heart. God, put a burning in our lives to serve you, to pray. God, to to be closer to you. God, there's so many out there that are lost. There's so many family members and so many loved ones out there that don't know you. And God, I just pray that you would take this word of truth. God, I take pray that you would take this bread of life. I pray, God, that you would spread it abroad, God, across our country, across our world. God, I pray that it would just get into people's hearts. God, I pray that you bring conviction like we've never seen on those that do not believe and love you. God, I believe that things are wrapping up. We may see it in the next day. We may see it in the next hour. God, we love you. We thank you. God, we just pray that you just bless each and every one listening. Pray that you would uh, bless each and every one that that, that we come across on a day-to-day basis, God, and more than anything, I pray, God, that we would live for you and we would come across someone that we could share the gospel of Jesus with. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.